Hey everyone, Randy Brown here. Just finished up a private lesson. Then I went out and got a hot mocha. Those of you that don't know what that is, you take hot chocolate and coffee and you combine them together. It's, uh, it's really special. It's like taking gold and platinum and melting them together into one. Or Mantis Boxing and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Taking both of those and putting them together. Get some really good stuff. So today I wanted to talk to you about something that came up while I was teaching my private lesson. And this has come up so many times in the past. I have a quote that has stuck with me for years, ever since I first heard it. And I have to look it up uh, as to who wrote it so that I give proper credit. seem to find the author of this quote. I certainly didn't make it up, but uh, anyway, I'm going to share it with you guys today. You have to get there from where you are, not where you want to be. I love this quote. It is so relevant to martial arts and life, and it's come up many times in my life uh, in many different ways, but I use it all the time when I'm teaching martial arts because it's super relevant to the problems we face through our progression, getting things to happen that we, we want, things that we learn and, and trying to make them happen, trying to force things to happen. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was living in a rundown, dumpy apartment that the walls were paper thin. It had a, I think they call them a trundle bed you pull them down out of the wall. There was wood paneling, cheap wallpaper. The door had a two-inch gap underneath of it in the shared hallway. So everybody who smoked in the building, the cigarette smoke would roil through under the door and permeate the apartment. So that's all you smelled. 24-7 was booze and cigarettes. I was living there at the time and I had a full-time job. I was working 12-hour nights. Life wasn't that great, but next door to this building was a river and a dam. I love the sound of running water, so I used to go out there at night to get away from the, uh, the environment that I lived in inside. And I would sit outside against the railing, looking out over the waterfall, and just listening, stare up at the sky and look at the stars and think about life and where I wanted to be and where I was, how I didn't like where I was. Drilling this home night after night when I would look out across the river, on the other side there was a mill building. And these are, New England is full of these. There's a lot of old mill towns, big mill buildings that sit on rivers they used to be shoe factories like my grandparents worked in or furniture factories, metal factories, whatever they were doing. They needed water and they needed power. New England is dotted with these. A lot of them uh, towns that are now poor and economically starving. And these mills sit derelict, just collecting dust and cobwebs and being run down in many cases. But over the years, as the economy and the market allows, people
people go in and they take these mills and they re- refurbish them and they turn them into workspaces or in many cases apartments or condominiums. And when they do this, they, they tend to be lu- on the luxury side, big open windows, loft spaces, hardwood floors with wide planks, high ceilings, nice wood beams stretching across the ceiling and brick walls. They're really nice apartments. And I used to stare across the river. People would be in their apartments at night with the lights on and the shades not drawn and I could see inside. And I was very envious because I wanted to live over there. I wanted to be in those apartments. But I didn't deserve it. I didn't I didn't deserve to live over there. Some people out there may think, oh, what do you mean? Everybody deserves everything. But that's not true. Sure, I was working a full-time job, uh, working tons of overtime. But I worked in a factory. I was making circuit board laminates. And what was I doing to, to contribute to society? What was I doing that I deserved to make more money or I deserved to live over there? What was I doing to improve my own life? So when I say I didn't deserve to live over there, I mean it. Years later, when I lived in a very nice apartment, I didn't recognize, I was too busy looking forward, looking at where I was going to go next to pay attention that I had made it, but that's a topic for another time. But I certainly, at this stage in my life, I didn't deserve to live where those people were living. I had to do the work. I had to build a foundation. I had to grow as a human being. Years, I wasn't doing martial arts at this time. Years later, I started martial arts, maybe a couple years after that. And I used to train martial arts a lot, and I loved it. I used to think about making a living doing martial arts. Actually, I didn't really think about making a living. I just thought about, I want to do martial arts all the time. And I have that now, but, you know, back then when I was thinking about it, I didn't, I didn't deserve it. I had to do all the work first. I had to get there. I had to build things. I had to get the sweat and blood and tears and earn it. When we look at sparring and fighting and hand-to-hand combat, it's no different, guys. Martial arts, we want certain skills. We want to be somewhere, but we have to earn it. And today, when I was working with uh, this particular student that I have, he expressed an interest. He has some takedowns that he really wanted to, to apply. And every time he's sparring with people, he can't, he can't get those takedowns because the situation doesn't allow it. So one of the things that he wanted to work on today was how do I, uh, you know, how do I make this happen? How do I get there? And I told him this quote that I like because it was, it was super relevant to what he wanted to accomplish and versus where he is right now. And he's doing phenomenal. He's really, he's doing really well, but the problem is, situation changes uh range changes so every time he goes in the person moves or shuts it down can't get it to happen 
forcing it to happen causes you to get stuffed or kneed in the face or punched in the head. A variety of things can happen because we're not in the right position to pull that off, to pull off that takedown. And in this case, it would happen to be like double legs, single legs, or uh, uh, body clinch takedown, which we call crashing tide. You know, I told him the quote. I, I told him it was one of my favorites. And I said that when we're fighting, fighting is dynamic. There's two people involved. And you can't control the other person or especially early on. Later on, you do things and you learn things to set them up so you can control the fight and try to manipulate the other person. But that's not definitely not the case uh, for the first few years that you're training. And when we are faced in a situation where we, we close the gap and we come in, we're striking, and then we try to set that takedown up, a lot of factors have to be in place to make that happen, to make it work. In reality, let's say all things happen just the way you line up. You come in, you're striking, you set up the takedown, bam, bam, bam. And then all the person has to do is drop their arm and that takedown goes away. So never mind that they step, they circle, they throw a counter punch, they duck, they sprawl, all these other things that could happen. Just something as simple as they drop their arm can change whether or not you get that takedown or end up in, say, like a demon wheel throw or wizard or whatever counter takedown where they just sprawl on you and take and they end up in top position. And next thing you know, you're fighting out of the turtle. One of my favorite stories, and this guy's going to laugh when he hears this, that he hears me telling this story, but um, one of my favorite stories was I was teaching a, another private lesson when this happened. And uh, this particular student I have, you know, he's, he's very mature. He's an adult, um, extremely intelligent guy. And very stubborn very stubborn which in martial arts you need <laughs> you have to have perseverance and stubbornness to make it in martial arts you just you have to you have to be you have to have grit and uh i look forward to the day that i can give this guy a black belt if he sticks with it and uh because because those those are the things that you have to have to get to a black belt. You have to have perseverance. You have to have grit and tenacity and stubbornness. So we happen to be working on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I started out just like I usually do. What do you want to work on today? Passing guard. He says this every single time I work with him. Doesn't matter what happened like the week before, the whatever was going on the month before, what do you want to work on? Passing guard, which is great because when it comes to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you are always going to be working on passing guard. So he's a step ahead in that regard. I don't care what level you get to. You're going to go up against somebody who has a better guard than you. 
and a better guard than your offense, and you have to learn to try to overcome it. I put him in guard, and we start. He uh, he pushes back. He's trying to stretch my legs out, crack the guard open. Uh, leaves his arms out. He started grabbing, reaching up with his arm, and his hand, and grabbing my collar as he's stretching himself back. And so I armbar him. He taps, reset, starts again, does the same thing. Armbar him, taps. Reset. This happened 10 times. And I'm, I'm feeling bad, but I have to show him that he's doing it wrong, that he's making this mistake. And so I finally, after the 10th time, I stop him. I said, what are you thinking about right now? Whenever you try to pass my guard, what are you thinking about? What's going through your head? And he looked at me with a straight face. And he said, choking you. <laughs> and I laughed. And we, we had a good chuckle over it. Because I said, you're, you're honest. You're thinking about the choke? <laughs> or maybe he meant just because I had armbarred him 10 times that he really wanted to choke me. But, uh, no, he, um, he was thinking about the submission. I said, buddy, you have so many other steps first before you even get there. I said, first you have to fight grips. Then you have to secure my grips. Then you have to break my guard. Keep your base while all of this is happening. Then you have to try to secure my legs and walk the ladder a step at a time. Legs, hips, chest, head before you can get control of me. And then once you passed my guard, you have to secure a position and then hold that position long enough that you can set up your submission. You have seven steps Six of them before you get to that submission. So that was an opportunity to share this quote with him at the time as well. You have to get there from where you are, not where you want to be. I hope you guys enjoyed those stories and that it helps you in your game. Keep in mind that you have to work on one aspect of your game first. And just because you really want to work a takedown or you really want to work on a submission, you have to earn the right to get there first. That is so good. <laughs>